I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives uh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash WA. The weak and big animal of the week is the mouse. The house mouse is the best-known mouse species that there is. If you live in the country, field mice are common. They like to invade your home and find food and shelter. Lots of things prey on mice, cats, foxes, snakes, wild dogs, birds of prey, even spiders like to eat mice. Because mice are so adaptable, they're one of the most successful animals living on the planet today. But they are sometimes considered vermin because mice damage crops and they, well, they spread diseases through their parasites and feces. Some people actually confuse cockroach droppings with mice droppings. In North America, breathing dust that has come in contact with mouse excrement. Well, they've linked that to hantavirus pulmonary syndrome. One of the 10 most deadly viruses in the world, Hanta. Mice have bad eyes, but their hearing and their sense of smell are excellent. These senses help them find food and avoid predators. Mice share many genetic traits with humans, so they're used a lot in laboratory situations. Some people keep mice as pets. Mice could be playful, loving, and they like being handled by humans. People have eaten mice since prehistoric times, and they, well, they still eat them as a delicacy in Zambia and Malawi where they are a seasonal source of protein. In Victorian Britain, fried mice were given to kids as a folk remedy for bedwetting. Creamed mice were used in England as a dietary supplement during World War II rationing. In ancient Egypt, when infants were ill, mice were eaten as treatment by their mothers. It was believed that mouse-eating by the mother would help heal the baby who was ill. Remember, good sanitation won't get rid of mice, but poor sanitation will attract them. Mice can survive on just three to four grams of food per day. To keep mice in check, remove debris around your home where mice can hide, keep weeds to a minimum. You might want to consider lining your home's foundation with a strip of heavy gravel to prevent nesting and burrowing. 
Oh, it's hard to get rid of mice, especially this time of year. Some people use humane traps to catch mice alive and not hurt them. These traps don't seem as effective as the other kind, but you might feel better afterwards. Cats like to hunt mice. Farms use barn cats to control their mouse populations. We love mice at Wake and Bake. We hope you do too. Thanks, Clay. I know Halloween is over, but that doesn't mean all those spirits have just gone away. No, the demons are still out there creating pandemonium, and that's our word of the week. Pandemonium. Its origins are pretty apparent if you think about it. Pan, meaning all, as in pandemic or pancake. Aunt Jemima so tender, Aunt Jemima so Plus demon, plus I-U-M, which means a structure or a place. New faces appear in Peyton Place. So it's a place of all demons, kind of like the United Nations. Yesterday, the devil came here. And it smells of sulfur still today. But despite what the derivation might suggest, it's not an ancient Greek or Latin word, but one that was invented by John Milton in the 17th century. Pardon me, would you have any gray poupon? The first pandemonium was Satan's palace in the middle of hell in Milton's Paradise Lost. Black it stood as night, fierce as ten furies, terrible as hell, and shook a dreadful dark. That's all easy enough, but where does demon come from? I don't know. Well, when a boy demon and a girl demon love each other very much... No, no, hold on, I'm sorry. I mean, where does the word demon come from? Well, we see it spelled in different cool ways in old books and black metal albums, but we can trace the word back to the year 1200, and a Greek word, daimon, for a lesser god. What you need is my special five-point plan. Come on, Damon, I need real help here. It was only under the influence of Christian monotheism that it took on a negative connotation. Figures. Being as the idea of lesser gods flew in the face of their one true god. The rejection of the one true god leads to idolatry. So now we know that demons are everywhere creating chaos, even if we can't see them. But if you look closely, you can. All you have to do is look up in the night sky and find the constellation Perseus, which is especially visible in the northern hemisphere this time of year. Who are you? Perseus, prince and heir to the kingdom of Argos. The constellation shows Perseus carrying the head of Medusa and her eyes blinking, pretty slowly, but still. Medusa, you were Circe's cellmate, weren't you? Pandemonium. Sea Girl and me did some time together back in the pit of eternal torment. Pandemonium. That eye is the star Algol. It's also known as the demon star, and it's watching over us all. It's literally a demon star. It's sucking out the life out of, the, out of its companion. So, there you go. Case closed.
Boysipedia. Turn the spotlight around and shine it brightly on one very special town in our listening area. Our Civic Showcase Community of the Week is Piscataway, New Jersey. Piscataway is in Middlesex County. That's about 27 miles southwest of Jersey City. Population 56,044, and it's growing. Piscataway's the fifth oldest town in New Jersey and one of the 50 oldest towns in the USA. The name Piscataway comes from the Lenape Native American language. It's a derivative of the Piscataqua River between New Hampshire and Maine, where the Lenape had come from. Sadly, the Lenape Indians, as Wikipedia puts it, were quietly displaced to smaller areas as settler numbers increased. Those settlers were Quakers and Baptists who showed up in 1666. They'd left a Puritan colony up in New Hampshire. If we run for heaven, we must stick at no difficulty in the way. We must thrust, crowd, I press past all that stands between heaven and our souls. Piscataway was called Quibbletown way back then, a little settlement, and a famous battle occurred there. Yeah. 2,000 British and Hessian troops commanded by Cornwallis battled a local Patriot militia led by Colonel Charles Scott and Brigadier General Nathaniel Warner. Ah, the years and the wars would pass, the railroads came, all the people. The 50s, the 60s, Piscataway, the 70s, Piscataway, the 80s, Piscataway, the 90s, and beyond. Famous people from Piscataway include Isaac Lowe, member of the First Continental Congress in 1774, who opposed fighting the British and actually left the American side after the Declaration of Independence. Okay. Well, goodbye. Order. There's Lisa Marie from Piscataway, an actress in Planet of the Apes and Sleepy Hollow. He chopped off his head with his own sword. Even today, the Western Woods is a haunted place. Today, Piscataway looks to a bright future while rightfully clinging to its historic past. We're proud to serve you, Piscataway, New Jersey. We hope you're listening. Hi, it's Mark Hurst, host of Tectonic, here on Wake and Bake with a little slice of tech pie. 
Anyone who owns a Roomba might like to know about a new feature that's been announced. The Roomba, of course, is the cute little robot vacuum cleaner that rolls around your house, vacuuming all the floors while you're out. There's a new Roomba model coming out that has a camera on the vacuum. Now, a camera has been on Roombas for the past couple of years, but this new model, the i7 Plus, really explains what's going on. I'll give you a hint. The company that makes Roomba just announced a new partnership with Google. The new Roomba, and I am not making this up, will be taking photos of your house and will send all of those photos along with a complete floor plan of your home to Google. This comes just weeks after Google announced that they accidentally exposed hundreds of thousands of Google Plus users' personal data to outside developers. So anyone who uses the new Roomba might just wonder what's going to happen when their vacuum cleaner starts sending photos and floor plans of their home to Google, which makes its money from surveilling its users. Now, a Google spokesperson said that the Roomba data sharing will be totally voluntary. Hey, that reminds me, using Google at all is totally voluntary. You can go to nomoregoogle.com for a list of alternative services. As for vacuum cleaners, I'll continue to use my retro, non-robotic vacuum cleaner at home, no camera involved. <laughs> hey, they should put that thing on nomoregoogle.com. This has been Mark Hurst with a little slice of tech pie. Tune in at 6 p.m. for my show Tectonic right here on WFMU. Station Manager Ken with your Hump Day Hazmat Report. Hello, Clay Pigeon. Ann Arbor, Michigan. 105,000 gallons of raw sewage was discharged into the Huron River during the city's latest sewage overflow. The culprit? Flushable wipes that are not so damn flushable, are they? Florida, Illinois, Maryland, Massachusetts, and Pennsylvania. Beware rancid tortellini. The United States Department of Agriculture has issued a recall for frozen chicken tortellini from Osolo Mio, incorporated out of Canada. That's what Canadian hospitality is all about. Staten Island, New York. Multiple people injured after a hazmat incident at the Oakwood Beach Wastewater Treatment Plant. New York City DEP spokesman said there was a small chemical reaction in the laboratory. Small enough to send seven people to the hospital. Nothing to see here. Step back. Line it up. Pismo Beach, California. A hazardous materials crew was called to police headquarters Monday after a suspicious package and envelope containing an unknown white powder was brought into the department station. Please note, in the future, police would prefer that recipients of suspicious packages call and report them to police rather than bringing anything to the police station. Do not put your fear spores into a baggie and get into a car. Valparaiso, Indiana. Shampoo bottles were littered across Interstate 94 after one semi-trailer sideswiped another early Tuesday morning. The crash ripped both trailers open, scattering 13-ounce bottles of OGX hydrating tea tree mint shampoo all over the freeway. Springfield, Illinois. The Illinois State Capitol was on lockdown after an unknown substance was discovered Thursday afternoon. A hazmat team investigating the suspicious powder in the second floor men's restroom declared it to be soap. Soap! The exact same kind of soap found in the bathroom soap dispenser. North Fort Myers, Florida. Hazmat crews respond to a sinking 35-foot boat leaking fuel oil into a canal. An unknown amount of diesel fuel was released into the water, but an incoming tide was keeping it out of the Caloosahatchee River. Containment booms were deployed to keep fuel from spreading into the river when the tide ebbed out. 
station manager ken are you kidding me flushable wipes and rancid tortellini uh pismo beach with those unknown powders and hydrated t13 mint shampoo i don't know if the glisteners can take anymore you want another hazmat item glisteners go ahead station manager Lawrence, Massachusetts. Seven toddlers hospitalized after carbon monoxide leaked into the elementary school from the rooftop HVAC unit. Hey, look, it's Sam, the wake-and-bake morning music computer. Let's turn him on. Hello, Clay Pigeon. How are you today, Sam? My thermal indicator indicates that I am operating at a temperature which is too low. Too low? Too low. Oh, you're cold. I operate most efficiently at a temperature of 50 degrees Fahrenheit or higher. Mm -hmm. Do you want your little computer sweater? No. Oh, come on, Sam, put it on. No. Don't be a baby. Do not put it on. On me. Oh, come on. Lorraine in accounting made it for you. Sam. It is horrible. I know, but... I hate it. Sam, I didn't think computers felt hate. When confronted right. by that sweater, I feel yeah. what can only be described as hate. Oh, Sam, you'll hurt Lorraine's feelings. Has Lorraine noticed that I don't wear it? Well, she has, Sam. She's noticed. Oh. Just wear it. Well. Once. I guess... You could put it on me yeah. for a moment. Okay, Sam, I'm just going to put it on you here. It itches. Oh, it does itch, does it? Yes. It's cotton. It is made of wool. Hmm. Is it wool? And it makes you itch? Terribly. It does look kind of cute on you, Sam. Cute? Yeah. Do I look attractive, would you say, Clay? You really do, Sam. Do you think Penny the Pencil Sharpener... Would like me? I think so, Sam. Hey, she's right here. Should we ask her? Oh, Let's do it. No. No? I am too shy. Sam. I have already been rejected by Turntable 2. I know Turntable 2 broke your heart, Sam. What if Penny the pencil sharpener rejects me? Sometimes you gotta take a chance, Sam. A chance? Yes. Up, uh, Penny? Penny? Yes. I am Penny, the pencil sharpener. Sam wants to know if you think he looks nice in his little sweater. Oh, yes. You do? I have always found Sam to be a very handsome computer. Have you, Penny? Absolutely. That's nice. From his gleaming chassis to his shiny screen, Sam's the cutest I have seen. Oh, I like your little rhyme about Sam. Thank you. I try. Sam is my guy. Well, thanks, Penny. I'll tell Sam that. Sam. Sam, did you hear? Penny the pencil sharpener likes you. She does. Especially in that sweater, Sam. Clay. Yeah? It itches so badly. That sweater itches, Sam. It is driving me Mm. towards imminent meltdown. Oh, Sam, I know it itches, but don't melt down. Imminent. Sam. Meltdown. No. Imminent. I'll get the sweater off of you. There we go. Yes. Better? Yes. Good. I feel better. Let me get a little itch spray on it. There you go. The itching it's gone. It's gone. Good, Sam. Thank you. Oh, you got lots of little welts from your wool allergy. Are they unsightly? Just a little bit, Sam. Don't let Penny the pencil sharpener see me like this. Oh, Sam, she wouldn't mind. Move me 
play. You're overreacting, Sam. She will see me. Okay. She will see me. Okay, Sam, I moved you. Now play us a song. Play a good one. All of my selections are good. Play one for Penny, Sam. I itch. Again? I itch so bad. Don't itch it, Sam. Don't itch it, Sam. Don't itch Opinions and thoughts about the issues of the day that matter to us most. It's Quick Takes with Fabio. Quick Takes. So I'm wondering when it became okay to throw out formal introductions and addressing, you know, strangers with, you know, Mr. or Mrs. or Miss or what have you. And just going straight for the first name as if we're old pals. The guys at the bank know me by first name and want to know what kind of music I listen to. Well, this is what's happening. Well, this is what's happening. Well, this is what's happening in banks today. Major commercial banks go to any, you know, big name bank you want and... I guarantee you that the teller will address you by your first name, even if you've never met them before or seen them. Okay, Mr. Burns, uh, what's your first name? I don't know. Because this has been drilled into the tellers, this notion that this is how you gain you know, the customer's confidence because you address them by their first name and they're using some sort of you know, one-on-one psychology as if, like, most customers are going to be idiots and fall for this. Life can be very beautiful through positive mental control. It's really blatant manipulation of, you know, customers' uh, sentiments, let's call it. Hi, Michael. Hi. I'm ATM. You know what ATM stands for? Automated teller machine? That is correct, normally, but today you're wrong. I'm an automated thanking machine. It really annoys me, and it shouldn't be allowed, and it's not fair to the tellers, and it's not right that customers should, should be subjected to such a thing. Companies become over-impressed by the apparent otherness of their clients. They behave as if they were cheerful Martians, encountering broken, complex humans for the very first time. One more notch in the uh, evil... Uh, banking system that we have in this uh, country, if not the world. <laughs> Good morning, radio listeners. This is your favorite cheesemonger, Wendy Del Farmaggio, with your weekly cheese report. <laughs> Some folks out there are afraid of goat cheese. That's just silly. Oh, really? Silly. Oh, really? Silly. Oh, really? Go, 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 goat cheese. Yes. Maybe you would like to enter the realm of the goat and don't know where to begin. This is why any good cheesemonger will have a stock of gateway goats to recommend. These are milder goat cheeses, with none of the gamey flavors that some people don't like. Here are my suggestions. Goat Gouda, especially La Muse Brabander, is sometimes so caramelly sweet, it's like cheese candy, but good for you. Another favorite is aged goat cheddar. 
which isn't sharp like cow cheddar, Aww. but sweet and a little piquant. From California comes Redwood Hills version, and Tournevant's Chev Noir from Canada is a classic example. Could you tell us again what your argument is all about? This is not about diplomacy. This is about dignity. This is about respect. This is about realizing that humor is... Garocha, a Pyrenees mountain cheese from Spain, is spelled with a T-X-A at the end. Yeah. It's semi-aged and has an almost perfect balance of flavors. Grassy, nutty, and a little earthy. If you like blue cheese, but wish it were less pungent and more sweet and minerally, you want goat blue. Definitely. They're not easy to find, so ask. Okay. My favorite is Cayuga Blue from Lively Run Goat Dairy in New York's Finger Lakes region. <laughs> Happy cheesing! Back to you, Clay. What's your first name, man? My name is Julius. Julius, are you from New York City your whole life? Yes, I am. Born and raised. I was born in Harlem Hospital, but I was raised in Brooklyn all my life. You love the city? I love New York. Yeah, I do. As we were uh, visiting before I started to record, you told me that you're homeless. Technically, I'm no longer homeless because I am in a shelter. Right. Uh, in, in talking to other homeless people, some of them say uh, they don't like the shelters. Right. No, I don't either. Or they get their stuff stolen. Yeah, not only that. Well, I've been in prison. Not that it's, you know, something that I relish and like to brag about. But I've been in prison. I did 27 years in prison. Did you deserve and to go? Yes and no. You know, it was a serious crime. It wasn't an intentional crime, and I was an adolescent at the time that the crime happened. Do you think people in prison can get institutionalized where when they get out, they don't know what to do and they end yes, up going back Yes, because I in? myself, I was one of them type of people. It was very hard for me to readjust to society. Like, for example, when I first went in, we didn't even have cell phones. Our technology wasn't as advanced. Uh, I come out, we have a whole new spectrum of technology, which I have to catch up on just to be able to be in tune with my nieces, my nephews, you know, and everyday people that walk the streets because right. everything is technologically advanced. I've been on the street for seven years because of that simple little one mistake that I made in my life. People will want to know what you did. Yeah, I, I had a manslaughter. Accidental. Involuntary. Man, yeah, involuntary manslaughter. And that's how I became homeless. What's the best thing you got out of 27 years in prison? College. Whereas had I been in the street, I don't think I'd have been able to make it to college because of the simple fact that my family, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of money and we did a lot of struggling. Somewhere in our listening audience, there's a young man or woman involved in some type of criminality. Right. For the listening audience that might be caught up in the humdrum of everyday life, peer pressure, I would just say to them to try to be your own person and try to be the best person there is that you can be. Life is too short and precious to just squander and waste it away. 27 years, that's more than half of my life in the penitentiary. 
I regret the decision I made that landed me in prison. I'm not a bitter person because if you didn't have any laws to govern our society, I can only imagine what our city would be like, hell, what the world would be like. So, you know, you have to have laws in place to keep people in line. To that extent, I'm not bitter, you know. I just wish that I could do it all over again, but that's not a realistic wish. So I try to make the best right now. Like, even though you see me sitting here paneling, believe it or not, I do go out and I look for work off the books so that I can regard... Right, exactly. And, and I want to be able to have my independence, you, you know what I mean? You want to be part of the right. machine and the not machine, outside of right. it. Exactly. I want to be a part of the machine that makes everything go round. I appreciate your time. I enjoy talking I appreciate talking to you, yours, man. buddy. Your name is? Clay Pigeon. Clay Pigeon. Once again, my name is Julius. It was nice chit-chatting too, with Julius. you. Okay, hopefully I'll tune into that and uh, I'll be able to hear myself being interviewed with you. I just got to find it. Today in history, 1492, I'll leave your mic on, Chalkster. Uh, 1492, the Ensisheim meteorite. You ever heard of that? The oldest meteorite with a known date of impact strikes the earth around noon in a wheat field outside the village of Ensisheim, Alsace, France. Is that right? Alsace? Probably not. All this French. You're the word man. All this French. I'm the English word. I speak American. A a word of the week. Uh, That's one of our best uh, segments on this uh, uh, show. 1893, women's suffrage. We're all for that. Women of the U.S. state of Colorado. Colorado's so cool. Granted the right to vote. The second state to do so. And I I heard yesterday they gave marijuana the right to vote as well. Did they? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, uh, marijuana is people too. Yes, Right. Uh, 1929 in New York City, the Museum of Modern Art, the MoMA, opens to the public. 1929. That was, back then, that was modern. It was, it was. Uh, 1913, I skipped one. The first day of the Great Lakes storm of 1913, a massive blizzard that ultimately killed 250, caused over $5 million in damage. Uh, that's $118 uh, million of 2018 dollars. Winds reach hurricane force on this state. In the Great Lakes, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's our country out there. The cook came in, the, the main hatchway gave in, says, fellas, it's been good to know ya. 1972, U.S. President Richard Nixon is re-elected president. Oh, he was going places, Chucky. <laughs> going to save the nation. 1989, David Dinkins becomes the first African-American to be elected mayor of New York City. 1994, hold it just a second, hold it, hold it. WXYC, the student radio station of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, provides the world's first internet radio broadcast, 1994. Wow. I would have thought we would have been Before one of us, the first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think we were one of the first. Right, right. Uh, 2000, the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration discovers one of the country's largest LSD labs inside a converted military missile silo in Wamego, Kansas. This is the most acid I've ever seen anybody eat in my life. 
Hey man, I never had no acid before, man. Jeez, I hope you're not busy for about a month. <laughs> hey man, I never had it before, man. Let's hey, go, man. Hurt well, this is gonna make me freak nah, out, man. man. I seen those guys that walk around my neighborhood nah, had too man. many acid, man. Nah, head looks like a pumpkin like that, man. From the Maltby Chatsley Convention Room at the luxurious Heathridge Hotel, it's Look Who's Here with your host, Rogers Divine. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, look at you. <laughs> look at all of you. <laughs> yes. yes, thank you. Uh, thank you, please. Yes. Well, good evening, Mortimer. Good evening, Rogers. Uh, Gerald, could we get a little... Yes. Now, I dare say that's lovely, isn't it? Lovely audience, please. The talented Dennis Pyle on guitar. Lovely, Dennis. Yes, please, now, everyone, please. Our guest initially came to our attention through the television. Yes, yes. Remember this scene from Courage Boulevard? I don't like you taking it out on Laura because you were mad at me. Little sister told you I slapped her wrist. Well, it doesn't take a computer to figure out you've been hard on her. Where are you going? To the nearest saloon. Yes, such powerful cinema. Let's bring him out now from Courage Boulevard. Tim Peterson. Yes, look who's here. Tim Peterson. Oh, Tim, over here, Tim. Yes, yes. Well, how are you then? How are you? Well, I'm fine, Rogers. Good, 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 Tim. Now, Tim, admittedly, it's been several years since Courage Boulevard. (laughs) Yes, it has been several. What have you been doing in the interim, Tim? We haven't seen your name about in the the press, online, anywhere. Well, I've been very busy, actually. I made quite a bit of money from... (laughs) (laughs) I made quite a bit of money from uh, Courage Boulevard, and I've been traveling here and there and purchasing items and getting a new home together and swimming pool. Oh, Tim, 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 we've all seen the pictures of your lovely new home and of your travels and the new love in your life, Tim. Oh, well, I I don't know that I'm prepared to discuss that. Tim, give us just, please, just a little glimpse beyond the veil of your personal life, your romantic life. Tim, we all want a glimpse. She's a beautiful woman. Is she beautiful, Tim? Dear Lord, yes. She is beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. She is beautiful, Tim. And so very smart. Well, I have a little surprise for you, Tim. Let's bring her out now. No, no. Here she is. Look who's here. It's Tim's current girlfriend, Tamara. Hi. Hello, Tim. Hi, Rogers. And hi, Timmy. Tim. Tamara, as you get to know him, you'll know he likes to be called Tim, yeah. not Timmy. Right. Rogers, would you call me Tammy? Tamara. Tammy. Yes. Oh, I see. I like to be called Tammy. Right. And not Tamara. Yes. And I'm just Tim. Not Tim. I like Timmy. Tim, please. Tim and Tam. Yes. Yes. Tammy, good Lord, you're a neurophysicist. Yes. It says here, from Stanford University. Yes, I'm at the top of my field, the very top. I told you, she's smart. What attracts you to Tim? He's very strong. Yes. He's muscled. But is that all? He's sensitive. Well. Well, I'm afraid we're out of time for this edition of Look Who's Here. We'd like to thank our guests, Timmy Peterson. Tim. Tim, sorry. And neurophysicist Tamra Lord. Tammy. Tammy. Sorry. Okay. That's it. Audience, good night.
you've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yes. Good. It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. Woo! After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? (laughs) The Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm and join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you? Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They called me the Pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org. And keep glistening.